to the Truth From Ruth podcast with me, your host, Ruth Ross. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Truth From Ruth. Exciting! So I wanted to create this podcast to talk about the journey I had with eating disorders and low self-esteem, which started age 12. As I got older, I really sought after a group where I could talk to someone else about having eating disorders and, you know, things that had helped them overcome it. Yes, there was dietitians and there was GPs and there was counselling, which all had their own benefits, but I just really wanted to speak to other people who had went through the same as I had. You know, have some kind of space for us to talk about it and share different things that have helped. I was really cautious about just trying to find this kind of thing online though because there's a lot of mucked up stuff on the internet and it could be really triggering uh, and, and not good to find. It can make you feel worse. So if you can't find it, sometimes you just have to create it. So this is why I wanted to start this podcast and I love talking but also really focusing on things that I've learned along the way discoveries I've made and inspiration I've been given and I want to like empower other people to believe in themselves and know that you know by talking about these kind of things uh, can break down the barriers and you know this could be like a taboo subject that nobody wants to talk about because they can be embarrassed or ashamed I mean I certainly was and I felt so alone I thought Nobody, nobody will be going through this. It's only me. I felt like a proper weirdo. Um, and, you know, if I had something like this, it would have maybe helped me, especially when I was younger. And I do have to say that we're talking about mental health, so there may be things that you find triggering. If you do, please stop this podcast and maybe come back later. And obviously just to say, like, I'm not a... I'm only a, a woman who's experienced this for like 14 years, so I've got loads of experience um, and that's it really, That that's all I can offer. I can, I can talk openly about what happened, how it happened, how I got help, how I recovered, how I still struggle sometimes, how we move on. And there are links in the show notes with reference to eating disorder and mental health charities if you need further information about this or help and advice. But I think it's about time we start the show. So welcome to episode one, where it all began. So I was always a really happy child. Everybody always says like you were always smiling, always laughing. I felt really secure. I was in like a village where all my family lived. I always had loads of friends. I love performing and I would make up dance routines often because Spice Girls were at the peak of their careers. They were my absolute icons. And it was all about girl bands and like making up songs, dances, and I was just living my best life. I just remember absolutely loving pop music and just thinking, wow, look at these amazing divas who are in a pop group. Like, that's the dream. And I was a chubbier child, so I was bigger than my classmates. 
and I got called like names occasionally but overall like I, I wasn't bullied or anything at that time in my life um I was yeah I mean it, it was annoying that I got called fatty but it wasn't like every day it was just occasional and I knew I was bigger than other you know my friends they were all really skinny but it didn't stop me from putting my t-shirt round the top and wearing it like a belly top like the superstars are seen in the magazines. I think as well, because at primary school I was always um, fairly, you know, I was fairly popular. Like I always had friends and then I had friends outside the school as well. So I wasn't, I didn't really like think about how I looked at that age. You're just young and vulnerable and you're naive and you just, it's amazing. It's like a superpower. Because at that age, you don't have any indication of really how you look. You're just like in your little own fantasy. And I was so obsessed with like pop idol at the time and making up songs and try to create like little bands. And uh, I love drama and things like that, you know. So that was like me just in my bubble. My mum worked at my school. So I had that security. I had older siblings. Um... I just, I really did have a happy childhood. So I probably got to about age 10 when I guess I started thinking maybe I'm not right the way that I am. So it definitely wasn't a thing that just manifested overnight. It it built sort of obviously up to that stage. Um, And obviously it's quite a cliche thing to say, yeah, it was because of magazines and, and TV. And of course that, does have a a percent and an impact on the way that you view yourself with sort of comparison and stuff but I think it's deeper than that and I think it's you know people who are around you on a daily basis so maybe like adults talking about themselves in a negative way um uh or you know names being called to other people and and you're like a little sponge so you're taking all this stuff in subconsciously you're not really aware but you, you start to think like, oh, maybe I'm not actually, you know, I'm not right the way I am. And in your little world, you have people who you look up to and you think are wonderful. But then when they're looking in the mirror and saying, oh, look at this bingo arm that I've got. And oh, look at my belly. And you're thinking, but they're amazing. Why are they saying that about themselves? And this word diet was a, a word that was just, used all the time in my in my life um you know it was like okay well I'll feel better if I go on a diet I'll feel better when I get this weight off um that'll solve the problems and I never really had anybody around me that was celebratory of their size you know whether it was sort of petite or larger or um and and I'm not I'm not blaming anybody directly I really want to make that clear it's it's not anything to do with that it's more just being honest about what my environment was like it's very common for a lot of um you know people I guess and as a side note to that as well there was nowhere for these people to feel empowered by anything they saw you know so there was nobody at that time saying it's all right to be this size and it's okay to have cellulite and to have um, folds and to have, you know, blemishes and we we never had that. So 
you don't blame people for that because it's like, well, you never had anywhere to feel good about yourself. You never had permission for that at the time. We didn't have goddesses like Lizzo on our radars showing how amazing you can be just as you are and just fully embracing that. Like We didn't have any of that. There was only one way to be and after making the decision that I wanted to start high school, being a slimmer person and being this, you know, body shape that seemed so sought after, it was my perfect chance. So I asked if I could join in with my mum's diet at the time. Um, and it, it was literally like just healthy meals and stuff. It, I never felt hungry ever. I didn't know what a calorie was. I didn't know to look at the back of packets looking for fat and saturated fat I had not a clue like it was very innocent on both ends um I begged my mum like I absolutely begged her I was like please I just don't want to be fat anymore I'm fed up getting called names and from my parents perspective like that's hard you know because you're like I was so loved and um and so supported as a child so like that's must be hard like you don't know what to do so uh yeah I started I suppose it wouldn't be no harm like I was a bit overweight anyway um you know let's do it I'd get weighed every Thursday at my grand's house because she had digital scales and I'd have a little book um and then every week I would lose weight and it would be celebrated it'd be a good feeling it was like a little achievement like woo and then I guess I was still naive at that point. Like it was good losing weight. I hoped I could finally do cartwheels and tum- uh, forward rolls. And I didn't understand what a pound was or any of the fundamentals of weight loss. A pound to me was still money. <laughs> um, and I think at the time... I was going, so I was going to a different high school from the catchment area, uh, so it meant that I was not going to know anybody going to this school and it would mean that all my friends were going to a different high school, so I seen it as like a fresh start for me not to be known as the chubby one in the class and there was a little bit of a fallout, I guess, with me and other girls in the class, like just the usual sort of petty stuff. Um, so I remember not having that much else to focus on. I would spend time with like family and my dog and think about how nice it felt to lose this weight and carry on going ahead with it. I felt like I had more energy and... I'd always been a chubby child, remember, so like this was the first time that I started to feel slimmer and a bit more energised, as I say, and and people were noticing, so it was a good feeling. And then I remember going on my last holiday with my mum and dad, and I came back, I was still living, so I hadn't started high school just yet, and I had a tan and stuff, and um, I think I'd been unwell on that holiday, like I had a bug or something. And I remember two friends at the time t- came to my, my door to see if I was coming out because they had seen how much I'd changed physically. Um, and I remember them saying like, 
oh my god Ruth you've lost so much weight like you're almost as skinny as me now and I was like oh cool so these two girls actually want to play with me now because I'm looking better so that was kind of how I linked it at the time I was like all right okay cool so I'm looking a bit better and uh, they all of a sudden want to be friends with me again this is interesting so um that was a memory that sticks with me I'm not sure if that's exactly how it went down but that's what I kind of linked up and and remember and just this feeling that I've I'd never had before of being able to wear clothes that weren't adult sizes that had to get hemmed you know and like I would be able to wear little um like fitted tops and have a really slim belly and uh, like the people I'd seen all my life you know and then I was able to like uh, run faster and I was just like for once the size of my peers and then it was time to begin high school so I was there I knew nobody I had my new school fleece on to navigate how we go get back and forward to school every day there was some people I knew who went there who were a bit older but like couldn't hang about with them I knew nobody groups formed because they knew each other from primary schools I was all alone but then you know you start speaking to people who's in your class like your tutor groups um I remember lunch times and stuff were really awkward to begin with because I didn't really feel like I was friends with anybody so I would just walk at lunchtime and go along to this garage and buy lunch from there or actually I didn't buy lunch I remember getting like a packed lunch every day uh, so I would just sit <laughs> by the garage and just uh, eat my packed lunch and then I would walk back and then at home, so in my little village, I wasn't speaking, we weren't, me and the other friends from primary weren't really talking, um, <clears throat> so I didn't have any fun to do in the evening really, so I would just hang about with my family, which was nice, go and visit my grands, and as I got more settled into high school, I was invited to like a sleepover, um, and I had a nice little group of girls that I, I started to hang about with. But there was always a danger, and there still is, when you're at school to be picked on. You don't ever want to be the person who has, you know, who's bullied or you don't want to stand out for any reason. You want to be cool and you want to be in with the cool people, whatever that, I mean, I'm doing like fake quotation marks because it's like what you perceive as cool at the time is not necessarily the right people for you, but you just, it's like a survival mode, isn't it? So you just want to be part of this like cool group because that group's invincible and that group, you're not in danger if you're in that group. And I remember getting sort of picked on in first year so it started to people call me a geek and because I was I really liked subjects and um I was getting called a swat and 
Uh, I remember like one girl gave me a wedgie when I was running for my bus and I just seemed like a butt of the joke all the time and um, like I had glasses and so I just realised that that was an unintentional pun there. Got a wedgie, butt off the joke, didn't mean it. <laughs> uh, I, so apart from this, it, it wasn't anything physical but it was all these insidious comments that that goes in me thinking I'm not right the way I am I don't know I just I stood out I suppose um but I was always happy to stand out beforehand like I was always really confident and my family like my parents and my siblings and everybody around me would always be like laughing not always laughing at me, obviously, but I was encouraged to perform and to sing and to put on silly voices. I was always encouraged to be myself. But this made me stand out at school and it, it wasn't a good thing. And at lunch times in first year, I, I do remember the, the one thing I really loved was this dance uh, class that was on. So two fifth year girls put it on. And I absolutely loved that because I was able to go there at lunchtime, dance, so it was something creative for me. We were able to work on a show performance at like the Royal Festival of Dance or something like that. And I really wish, looking back, that I had something creative throughout my high school years that was a group separate from, you know, just hanging about at lunchtimes. I wish I had something at lunchtimes that I could go to and have a, an outsource, I suppose. And then the summer holidays finally came and I was so relieved to be away from that place for six weeks, just to relax and release some tension and worry, worrying about everything I said and thinking about everything I'd done before I'd done it, overanalyzing everything and just that tense, anxious feeling was relieved for the summer. I had time to reflect and I realised, oh, I, I, I don't, so I don't get called fatty anymore as like a, a sort of name, which is cool. That's the first time in my whole life I've never been called fat at this high school because I've slimmed down now. That's cool. But um, hmm, I'm still not right. I'm still not quite right. I've got frizzy hair, I've got glasses, I'm a geek. Right, okay, so I'm going to transform then. So when I go back to school in second year, if I make it, I'm going to be so skinny, I'm going to get really skinny and I'm going to stop biting my nails and I'm going to beg mom and dad for um, the clothes like all the older people are wearing at school. And I need to have the right bag and I need to have the right straight hair and I need to wear these shoes. And this is going to be my challenge. So in the whole summer, I'm going to um, become what they want. And that's what I'm going to achieve. And hopefully I'll not get bullied when I go back. Um, and by this time, I guess, 
a summer was here and I remember going on like a a holiday camp thing um, and this time people would so people would be like I was friends with my village pals again uh, kindy kindy uh, I had another girl hang about with and we'd go to different camps for the summer and I remember then I was freaking out because I think my mum had forgot to put a Nutrigrain bar in my um on my pat lunch for the day and I was starving or I'd forgot my lunch and there was nothing for me to eat that was safe. So I think I had an apple in my bag. I remember freaking out like, oh my god, what am I gonna eat? I can't eat just anything that needs to be this specific made pack lunch or fruit. I was obsessed with eating fruit. And this was the time where I would try and restrict as much as possible. So this is where it got a bit more dangerous because I remember trying to miss meals and trying to not eat as much as possible. I would eat something to stop me feeling like sick or um, faint or something like that. So I would eat. But I think when I've looked back at it, we were bordering towards anorexia at this time because there was so many little notes when I've had time to look back that I was trying to not eat. And exercise at every given chance. But you don't know what that is. You don't know what that is at that age. Of course you don't. You don't know this is anorexia. You just know that you have to be thin and that's all that matters. And my gran, another significant thing I remember is um, my gran took me and my cousins to a caravan site for the, the, the week and junk food was like a no-go like junk food would never touch my lips ever that was a bad 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 food and that was not coming towards me like that was gonna muck it all up so I wasn't eating any anything that I perceived as junk food and my gran ordered us a, a like a takeaway like a fish and chips and I was so uncomfortable. Oh, she was making me eat this greasy, fatty takeaway meal. And I'd never ate anything like that for months. And she was like, well, you have to eat something, Ruth. And I remember having an argument with her, age 11. No, sorry, I was age 12 by this time. So this was between first and second year. And crying eating like the food so slowly and just being so disgusted by what was in my mouth and what I was being forced to eat and, and I, she wasn't forcing me like shoving it in my mouth or anything like that but she was like well you have to eat something and I just thought I need to get this out of my body and I need to it was just a really 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 intense feeling like, will I be able to work this off? I have to eat breakfast and stuff. I'm getting made to eat my meals. And how am I going to work this off? How I need to get out of my body. And 
I remember being obsessed with like looking in the mirror. My rib cage was massive. Uh, me and my cousins would like pull up our tops and compare like ribs, which was so fucked up, wasn't it? But like, <laughs> I was like, wow, look at my ribs. Like, there's just something about my ribs that I just loved. I was like, they're massive. Look at them. Um, and I remember people putting like two pences in my collarbones, like a two pence would fit in my collarbone. And oh, it makes me upset. <laughs> I always had this like image in my head when I was eating, especially if it was something that wasn't safe in my in my realm. Um, and I would feel the, the pounds like attaching themselves to my body and obviously it wasn't real but it was all in my in my head. And I remember going to the caravan toilets, so like the communal toilets, and I do not know where this has came from. Like I didn't know how I even had the idea to do it, but that was the first time I stuck my fingers down my throat and made myself sick. And you know, I'm aware while I was talking about this that it's not comfortable to listen to. It's quite disturbing and scary to think this was a you know 12 year old child doing this but I want this podcast to be really uplifting and open and honest and in order to open up and break down everything and, and work out where it started how it started I need to tell you this part so then I worked out, okay, I'm getting made to eat toast in the morning before I go to school. I'm getting made to eat in front of people so they know that I'm eating. I don't know what to eat this stuff that they're making me eat. This is a perfect solution. And why am I getting criticised? I'm finally skinny after... People have called me fatty or said, oh, you're a bit overweight or, oh, you've got puppy fat or, oh, you're now losing the beef. And now you're telling me I'm too skinny, I need to eat. Like, make your bloody mind up. So, yeah, this was my attitude. I was like, I don't understand. What I can't do anything right. Um, so that was a summer. I was able to transform into the image that I really wanted. I must have, I don't know, I'm not going to talk about weight specifically and how many pounds and things I lost. But I, I did look significantly different going back after the summer. Um, I had like the right shirt, the straightened hair, I was super skinny. And you'll never guess, I was dreading going back to school. Absolutely dreading it. As I mentioned, I was so anxious, but I started back day one. None of the bitchy behaviour started up again. Like, everybody was like, Ruth, you look amazing. And then ever since that day, I was in the group. Oh my God, I had asked for this. I had worked hard all summer and I was actually allowed to be part of the group. Goal achieved. Yes. Everything was going to be all right. Or so I 
thought. And just like that, that's the end of episode one. Thank you for listening. I will be posting a new episode every Friday. And as mentioned before, there is information in the show notes with further support and advice. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please review and subscribe. That would be wonderful. Have a beautiful week. I am glad that sun shines away and we're now into autumn. We can get the candles on, bring out our favourite jumpers, scarves, gloves and just get all nice and cosy. I like a season change. Anyway, have a lovely week and see you next week for more of the truth from Ruth.